What's up, guys? This episode is brought to you by our favorite budgeting app, Every Dollar. Rachel and I love Every Dollar because it is the easiest way to take control of your money, build the right habits, and make progress on your goals. You can download it for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Hey guys, I'm Rachel Cruz. I'm George Camel. And this is Smart, Smart Money, Money Happy, Happy Hour. Hour. Cheers, George. Cheers. That's a good clink. Wow. Oh, delicious. That will change your family tree. Speaking of which, it's a good way to get into today's episode. Yeah, but this, first and foremost, this is the podcast where two friends who happen to be money experts talk about what you're talking about. So everything from pop culture, current events, and money. And not to be dramatic, Rachel, which I know I tend to be, but today we're basically putting ourselves in the middle of an internet landmine. I'm worried about the comments we're going to get on this one. I know. Today we are talking about the talk. The talk. So and if when you have you're kids, thinking one thing, we're actually talking about something else. And it's <laughs> the money talk. And so the keyboard warriors, get ready because you may agree or disagree with us, but we are gonna we're gonna hit this subject head on because it's important. It is really important. And before we subject ourselves to judgment from all sides of the world wide web, today, Rachel, we're sipping on a Oaxaca old fashioned. And can I say I've heard through the grapevine about these types of old fashions, not to spoil it for anyone, but it's tequila and like it's yeah, some a different mezcal, type. It's not a, obviously a classic old fashioned and I've never had one. So I'm so thankful that Michael, our resident I bartender. Well, he crushed it today. So uh, you'll find out the rating. We're going to reveal the cost per glass. And as always, you can find the recipe in the show notes. That's so right. let's do this thing. Okay. So a recent headline kind of started making us think about, okay, parents and money, right? Got your brain cells going. Yeah, I mean, it's two topics that, you know, people, especially if you're in those boats, you think about a lot. I'm now in that boat. You are, George. I'm in a tiny, like, dinghy with a, as a girl dad now. <laughs> with, with a uh, tiny little baby. Yeah. <laughs> little baby She's about six months old now, and so, so she just got her first piggy bank, and I put a bunch of change in there, and I was like... <gasps> You're on your way, girl. Look at you, George. What I really want to do is deposit into a high-yield savings account so <laughs> okay. that she can make 4% interest, but I won't. On the 68 cents. I won't do it. There's yeah. at least $7 in there, maybe. Yeah, you're okay. Let her see it. She, you know, she'll be proud of it she'll one day. She'll be all right. Yeah, well, I know for me, we have three little ones at home. I love the topic of kids and money. I wrote a kid's book. Even growing up as Dave Ramsey's kid, money was obviously... Can I mention you are the best-selling author of the book, Smart money, smart kids. That is true. That was Which written is before honestly, I had kids. <laughs> not biased, but it's a great book. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a good one because it's perspectives. Like dad is the parent perspective and I'm the child perspective. And it was good. I was pure before I had kids and they tainted me in my opinions. Wow. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. You were so pure. Okay. Pure meaning I thought it was just so easy. Of course you'll do this. And you have kids. I'm like, I barely remember to, you know, feed them. Like, wow. let alone teach them about money. <laughs> well, don't call child services on Rachel. Glad Winston's kidding. there. I'm kidding. But They're it's just like, parenting well. is a lot. It's yeah. a lot more than what it what it what it's you the hardest it is. thing I've done in my whole life. I know. And then you gotta you gotta raise these little humans. But yeah, so the article was very interesting though. It said, Why do millennials know so much about personal finance? Hint. Ask their parents. Oh. It was actually a very encouraging article when it comes to 
parents that talking to their the kids. The younger generations know more than ever about money. Yes, which is really encouraging because sometimes I feel like, you know, that nobody talks about money in their house. But studies are showing differently. The millennials out there, we, uh, yeah, Gen Zers. We've come a long way. We yes, yeah, so the article explains the parents of the Ward and June Cleaver era didn't talk much with their children about money. That taboo has gradually faded. And so we're talking, you know, the picture-perfect white picket fence families of the 50s. They may be considered it in bad taste to discuss numbers. It was something that you just don't do. Yep, that's right. But Forbes said approximately 75% of millennials grew up in families that talked about money. Hmm. But only 41% of boomers recalled their parents talking about money. Ooh. So, very interesting. Like the old Oprah quote. Were you silent or were you silenced? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Was that from the Meghan Markle interview? Yes, it was from Megan Markle interview. Man, some bears. What an interview that was. We should go down that rabbit hole Throwback. So good. Oh my God. Drama, drama, drama. Well, Forbes is suggesting uh, that millennials have their boomer parents to thank for getting the head start financially. Yeah. So was this true for you and your family growing up? Did Dave and Sharon talk about money? They did. I mean, coming out of their story, bankruptcy in the late 80s, you know, obviously Dave starting the Ramsey Empire in the 90s. Yeah, so it was talked about. But I will say they did a really good job, and I do credit them with this, that money was not the centerpiece of our world. You know what I mean? But when you come into Ramsey for work every day, for those of us that work, on ra- that work on the money side of Ramsey, it is. It's it's your whole day. You're thinking about content. You're thinking about how to podcasts and titles. And, you know, you're, you're in the money space. So for him, for it to be such a big part of his world, he didn't take that big of his world home. Does that make sense? Yes. Like they, they talked about it and taught us what mutual funds were. and But he we left work at work and he got home and he was dead. Yeah. And he, I feel like they talked about it as much as another subject in life. Like they did a good job balancing it. It wasn't like this thing that was a constant in our home That's fair. conversation. How about I like you? That. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember like specific conversations, but my family was frugal. And so I remember couponing with my dad on Sundays and we yes. talk about where we're going to shop this week. And I'd see my mom kind of meal planning and getting the groceries. I'd see my dad. My dad would give me the tithe check at our Arabic yes. Baptist church. Yes. So I got to put it in the offering <laughs> yes. plate and I was always so excited to do that. So I got, he kind of showed me a picture of that consistent generosity in our life. So there's a lot of great things, but yeah. I don't remember a bunch of conversations happening. Right. And isn't that crazy, though, back when we grew up, everything was so visual. Like, you think about the newspaper, and coupons came in the newspaper, and you grab the newspaper to look at movie times for the movie theater, and, like, like everything was so, like, hands-on right there. Yeah. Where now it's just so digital, and it can be such a one, right? Like, if you're getting a coupon. Yeah, and if you're getting a coupon, you're just doing it on your phone. And the, the thought of, like, oh, yeah, it's not just laying out there in the living room. Yes. You were going to have to show it, right? There's That's like, true. there's almost an extra step that well, we have to take now because of technology. You have a great quote, uh, more is caught than taught when it comes to yes. parenting and kids. And so I think that was so true for me. Yeah. They didn't teach us a lot, but I caught a lot from what they were doing what and how my on? dad would negotiate to get mm-hmm. deals on things or when it was shopping for a car. And so I'm very grateful to have grown up in that environment. Yes. And, you know, they lived on, on less than they made and they gave us a, a great life. Yeah. So I'm, I feel like it was a, a pretty healthy environment. I don't remember seeing my parents fight about money or anything growing up, yeah. which is a blessing yeah. in and of itself. When do you feel like you had a grip on just financial responsibility? What was going on? Like, was it as a child, would you say? Was it 
in college, I think after college, as an When adult. you get your first job, when I was in high school, I started yeah. getting my first job. Remind me what your first job was again. Oh, gosh. I had many, but like I, wa- I worked for my public school system, like doing IT for the computers mm. during the summers. Like updates. That's a great like, job. Just like software updates. You know what I mean? Like real basic stuff, but That's on 100 good. computers. So I did that. I had a stint doing inventory at a little uh, bookstore back in the day mm-hmm. for like, it was like literally a day shift and they'd pay you like 50 bucks. Yep. And then my first real job was like, uh, doctor's office receptionist. That's right. <laughs> making 12 bucks an hour. Just so cr- Imagine walking in the doctor's office and you see me in like an American Eagle pink polo. <laughs> <laughs> like, hi. Is your co- collar popped? Occasionally. I think oh. I kept it I kept it down for work. I was a professional man, you know, by day. Professional. Pop collar by night. <laughs> we so. get the vibe. What's up, guys? If you want to be better with money, your first step is to start budgeting with every dollar. This is the app Rachel and I both use, and trust me, it's great because it gives you everything you need to make budgeting easier, faster, and dare I say, even enjoyable. Yeah, I think you can say that, George. I mean, it's pretty enjoyable to have more money, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you're intentional with your spending. Guys, download every dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play today. But yeah, getting your first check is when you realize like, oh gosh, like I'm putting gas in the car. Yeah. I'm doing this. Okay, so, so let me tell you this. I I babysit all the time because that's where the money was. Hundred, it still is went, to this day. Yes, you just make great money babysitting or I did in high school. So that's what I always did. And then one, di- one season, I was like, no, I want like a mall job. So I got a mall job at Libby Lou. Libby Lou. We talked about this. And we're getting my check. And I was like, What? Like it was Where did it go? It was just not a lot of money. Do you remember what you were making? Was it like seven, eight dollars an oh, hour? Oh yeah. Oh, it had to have been. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like minimum wage. Oh, for at sure. At the time in Tennessee. For sure. Yes. And that would have been two thousand and three. Whoa. Yeah. So it was yeah, it was not Throwback. a lot. Compared to babysitting, especially, right? Because you'd get ten bucks an hour or something, yeah. babysitting. But we were I was having a conversation though about high school jobs with some friends and they said, which I kind of thought, you know what, I may agree with them, that it should be a requirement for every teenager to have to be yes. a waiter or waitress at a restaurant. I love this. And I was like, you know what? And I didn't do that. I served food at Young Life Camp though. So I did oh, get nice. a little I, I did learn how to you know, bust some tables. But I think that's a, I, I think I may make my kids do that. Well, because for it changes. Because everyone's going to eat out. Like for the rest of your life, you're going to restaurants, you're going to go to coffee shops, hospitality And you appreciate so much kindness of people. Like, I mean, you, you give learn people so more much. grace. Yes. You yes. tip better. I mean, you know all of it. What's going on behind the scenes. There's something about the restaurant industry that's just, it's a tough industry, George. Yeah. I think we got to put our kids through the ringer. Yeah, I did that in college at a Middle Eastern restaurant. I was a <gasps> server and it didn't end well for me. You had a lot of jobs, George. I'm very proud of you. I've worked. A, I'm not scared of work. My biggest <laughs> one was the app. My claim to fame is Apple Store employee. If you can't tell, always the <laughs> so. most stereotypical. I at Apple too. Oh you nice. Were Apple too. Yeah. Okay, Skyler, not stereotypical. I would not. Oh, I wouldn't thank you. For Wait, I, I would not think you were <laughs> an guy, Apple employee. 100%. What'd you do, Skylar? I was just a specialist. I, was a, oh, okay, I moved okay. up to creative. Cool and job. they taught us, Rachel, this is really cool. And I still do this to this day from teaching someone something. They made you sit on your hands. So that you don't go, oh, it's right here. Let me just grab the mouse and show you. Or just point. You have to let them learn for themselves, which oh I think was a beautiful gosh, educational a, tool. Wow. Don't always agree with everything, but yeah. I agree with that. But I want my kid <laughs> to work as early as legally possible. You I think wonder, it teaches yeah. you. That do you want to make them work for someone, though? Because I do think that was, I think my Libby Lou experience. It really, oh, really? <laughs> really 
got in my soul where I thought I want to be I want to work for myself like, be it, like boss babe entrepreneur made, yeah it made something it made a decision I in think my life. both I want her to have like to me to like start a little lemonade stand to learn about mm-hmm. you know a little profit and loss yeah. statement and business and hey you spent five dollars you made three you lost money today and I will say this our my girls did this this summer so many times they would make friendship bracelets because mm. the Taylor Swift friendship bracelet thing was like mm. on the uh, they made so many bracelets and then they grabbed our snacks from our pantry and they'd go out with their table at the end of our driveway. And our neighbors, our dang neighbors, who are too generous, would come by and put like a 10. Or like, put, and, and they came back like, we made $60. And, like, and I was like, no, no, we are giving all this, this money with back. With country time lemonade, you made $60? <laughs> all the neighbors that drove by were like, good for, I mean, so many of them were like, entrepreneurship, we love, I mean, and they just, and I thought, no, you're not learning anything. And they were like, look at all this money. Not fair. I know. That's what I said. I was like, y'all, you sold pirate's booty And from what Costco. you should have done was and been like, I'm the government. I'm taking $20 I know, I for taxes. Have, I should have done the tax thing. Yeah, my dad used to do that to me when I got food. Did he? He'd take a bite and be like, taxes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> thank you for that lesson, dad. I know. But I think that as they become of age, to be able to hold some level of responsibility. Yeah. And I the big thing the here is they need to learn that money comes from work. Not from mommy and daddy's right, wallet right. as an allowance. So you could talk about this in the book, but looking at this as commission versus allowance, where yes. you earn money, it's yep. not just given freely. That's right. Okay, so that's our take, George, yeah. on all of our uh, experience as new parents and or being children, being raised. We were the, both once babies. We were both once children. Isn't that wild <laughs> to think about? So, um, other millennials have weighed in that this article quoted. Yeah, here's a fun and one. Some of these are, uh, yeah, some of these are interesting. Courtney said, I used to get a check for my birthday, and I always hated it because my parents would make me go to the bank with them and deposit the money immediately. Okay. Boo-hoo, Courtney. What did you... <laughs> she made <laughs> me happy about, about that? Well, she, made, she said she would complain when she was a kid, which I get. My I parents made us do that, too. If we ever got cash or checks, you couldn't spend it. The bank is so fun back when you are a kid. You get lollipops. Pops. What about you, though? Could you spend birthday money? Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm. I don't remember having, like, strict rules around See, like, we couldn't. you can we spend got your birthday money and on. You would, Put it in savings? It, yes. You had to well, to be fair, money. I had nothing in savings, so, you know. Okay. Wasn't <laughs> doing great on that front. But I remember having, like, my little, like, student checking account as yep. I got older. Yep. That was exciting for me. Because there's a point with kids. Amelia's eight. And there is a point that I'm like, you don't need, like— Birthdays come around. I know it's fun. For, and I want them to have the joy of like opening presents. I mean, there's something fun with your birthday when you're a kid. I get it. But there is an element that I'm like, yeah, maybe certain family members, instead of a gift, do you send cash and then we go put it in the bank? Like, when do you start that oh, rhythm? Because yeah. I think that is a good rhythm. Do you tell to, them like you have to give a little bit, you have to spend, you have to save? or I wouldn't for gifts. But when you work for it, I think there's like that extra, okay, now you have earned this money. Now what do you do with it? That's good. And yeah. we we teach, even from a young age, you can start to show them that, hey, there's three things you can do with money. You can give it, you can save it, or you can spend it. Yep, that's and right. it's good to do all three. None of them are evil. All right, we got another Courtney quote. Courtney sweet, is really sweet crushing Cor- it in this article. Sweet Courtney. From an early age, I knew what percentage of each parent's salary went toward their 401k retirement accounts. Wow. Money was always in the conversation. That's impressive. <gasps> that is impressive. To this day, I can't tell you what percentage. I don't know what my parents made, let alone what yeah. percentage of they were putting into a 401k. Yeah. 
I mean, yes, all more power to her parents. Right? I, I, yeah, I now, I don't know so. what her early age is. Was she four or was she 16? You know, no clue. But I kind of like the normalcy of it. Yeah. But it's like, this is what you do. Normalizing, like, here's, we invest 15% of our income. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, put it all out there for your kids, but saying, hey, we like to give 10%. We invest 15% into retirement. Yep. And so I think that's a healthy thing. All right. The next one, just the fact that his name is Chad. I already have worry. You know, the Ka- Karen, Karen has gotten well, uh, no, a <laughs> I want to let everyone know that we have a cameraman, Chad. sorry, a cinematographer Ch- named Chad, who's, who's the best the in the kindest, business. The most <laughs> kindest person ever. He does not represent He is Chads. not the Chads. I don't I, you know, Chad, when I said that name, I didn't even think about you. Because it does not associate I with I never this. do. It's like if, if Skylar was a Karen. I would be like, your name is Karen, but you're not Karen. You're not a Karen. Thanks, Rachel. You're so, not a Chad, Chad. Some of the names have gotten bad raps. So, Chad. What did Here we Ch- go. What did Chad say? Not you, Chad. So, Chad's a millennial, <laughs> and uh, his parents opened a credit card in his name and used it to buy groceries, Woo. and they paid off the balance in full each month. So, he, this is his quote. We talked about things like credit cards, credit scores, making sure that you're paying them off on a monthly basis. When I got out of school, I had phenomenal credit. So, Chad's already out here bragging about his credit score. Yeah, like Chad's it has happy any about indication this whole of how system. he's doing. Chad is happy. Chad would be happy. Chad would fall for this. <laughs> yeah, we. It's so for another not even day. Chad here. I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not. All I'm not Chads. impressed. And this is the thing I've seen, right? Chads and Brads. <laughs> Brads now too. That's a, ta- hey Taylor Swift in her Time article. She commented, "All the Chads and Brads, right? Need to like chill out because Chads and Brads need to chill out." Wow. What about Thads? Are they lumped in? <gasps> Ooh, that that's a great name too, Thaddeus. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about them, but I've never met a Thaddeus before. Have you not? A Thad? <laughs> I've known one Thad. Oh, Will's got it. Will yeah, I feel like Thad's are good guys. Yeah, they're like, they're like the anti-Chad. They're not quite Chads and Brads. Yeah. <laughs> to live okay. up to. The Anyways, Chad. Of Anyways. course, his parents would take out a credit card and have a great credit score. So the so, and again, in his case, sure, but fine. also it, it parents happens. don't do this. No, that's what I was going to say. Gosh. On the Ramsey Show, we get the horror stories of people calling us when they're 28 years old trying to buy a house. And like, well, my my mom took out a credit card in my name and I didn't know it. And, you know, maybe she had good intentions. Sometimes not. They're trying to survive and it's all this stuff. And then you screw up your kid's life. So, and listen, everyone thinks it's going to work out for them. And then things happen. And it doesn't always. So. Agreed. Just don't, don't take the risk. Don't add your kid as an authorized user to your card because you saw some TikTok about it. Yeah, it's a good uh, thing teach right them now. that money comes from work and it can exist in their debit card on their yeah, checking account, that's right. and they don't need to use other people's money. Yep. All right, we got Trent here, and he says another millennial man recalls his high school friends having credit cards tied to their parents' account, but he did not. I had to learn how to live inside my means. Ooh, well done, Trent. Love this. Appreciate that. Appreciate That's really that. the key, is just learn to live on less than you make, and you're going to be okay. Yeah. All right, and last one is from Hayes. He is apparently a card-carrying member of the FIRE movement. I don't know why they had to include that, but here's his quote. Growing up, I thought if I could afford the monthly payment, I could afford it. Now I know that if I don't have the cash for it, I can't afford it. Wow. Praise hands emoji. Well done, Hayes. Well done. Can you imagine if everyone felt like that? We were just like, I can't afford it. I'm not going to go into debt for it. Yes, I know. A lot of approaches to money there. A lot of people coming from different backgrounds. Because even if money was talked about, it doesn't mean you learned the right things about money. That's right. And again, when we look at generationally, which I think is so interesting... You have us, millennials, even Gen Zers, right? You're raised by boomers. 
they're raised by um, either the great generation. Silent generation. Silent generation. Which the silent generation was what? After Is it after the war? That means they were born in 1928 to 1945. Okay, so right, they were right, born right, right, right up right through. Right in it, through it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you either have parents. Yeah. Like our, my parents were raised by parents raised in the Great Depression during World War II, which just Oof. was every. Yeah. I mean, like there was so it much. It was a survival mode. They weren't so sitting much. around being like, let's teach our kids about money. They're like, let's try to get food on the table today. Yes. How about that? Yes. So and they weren't worried about airline miles and credit points yeah. and all the things <laughs> so it's like it, it, there is something to be said about what the priority was and now we don't have the stresses of life we are those truly who were in, in growing thrive up in mode instead of survive mode exactly as generationally yes, speaking 100%. even though regardless of what you see on the internet if i'm like woe is me they because, tweet from their smartphones I'm like okay guys <laughs> i know your life's not that bad but also i would this. say when you think about 60s 70s 80s even the 90s there weren't like crazy way. I mean, I guess you could outspend yourself, but there weren't crazy ways to screw up. Now I feel like, I mean, debt is everywhere. Buy now, pay later. I mean, like, there's so there's many, way more traps. There's so many more traps. Normalized. Where beforehand, I don't know, life seemed more simple. Yeah. Right. Well, and everything's more expensive, which means bigger amounts of debt, like now, college tuition, yeah, is up. car loans are more. So all of that adds, uh, you know, comes into play here. Yeah. But, so what's wild is again after like. War, poverty, Great Depression, all of that. Then you have the boomers that were raised by parents that lived through that. And now the boomers hold nearly $80 trillion in assets. And much wow. of that bounty will be passed on to the millennial children and potentially be the largest transfer of wealth in American history. That's pretty wild. So it's coming, George. Yeah. It's coming for you, millennials. It's coming. You think it's bad. Just wait. You'll get a big pile of money, maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird way to think about it. I never think about that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't like to think about it. Oh, that's another great tip. How do you raise kids? Because I feel like this. To live your life where you're not thinking about, oh, what I will get one day. Oh. The genuinely, like, if I had to live with my family unit, yeah. what are we doing to win? It's a great question. We had a call on the Ramsey show and this this girl, we were trying to give her advice about her financial problems. And at the end, she was just like, yeah, well, I don't really care because I'm going to get a big inheritance and I have a trust fund. So no, oh, it doesn't matter. No. And I was like, then why are you calling us? Like, But it's crazy because people think they're going to get something down the line and they don't know the full picture. They and don't maybe know how not. long the parents will live. They don't know what will be left. Hey, we took a call about someone that had they only had a house left, but there were multiple liens on it. And yeah. it was like, yeah. And and the inheritance was stolen was by not. the sister. And like, you just don't know. That's all I'm saying. Is like, prepare for your house. Get ready for your sister. And let any That's inheritance be icing on the cake. That's, That's right. how I see it. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So it's risky to put all of your hope into other humans, whether that's the government, family inheritance, friends, kids, your job. Because on the other side, a lot of parents are now relying on their kids to survive mm-hmm. financially because they're like, well, I gave you this great life. You should now take care of me and I, I need know. money. And we've taken those awkward calls. We took one this week where the son was like, how do I stop? Like my dad keeps asking for money saying, I gave you all these cars growing up and now I, I you need to pay me $2,000 for a watch repair. I'm like, this is crazy. No. Yes. Jeez. So parents don't do that to your kids. I think it's weird. You can give me a hot take here. I don't think parents should ever ask their kids for money. Like unless you're in dire straits and your poverty situation and a single mom and the daughter needs to work to support the family. Right. That's different. But parents who are just misbehaving with money and then go to their kids 
I know. As a bank account is weird. That's one of the hardest balances for me. Cause I'm like, cause there is an honor. You know what I mean? Like there is something about like the beauty, like why are, why we tear up when someone like even from the NFL gets a massive signing bonus and his mom is sitting there in the front row. Right. And she raised him and worked five jobs. And like, like there is something about honoring. And he'll like buy her house or something. Yeah. One of those. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know but what I'm saying? Like, like he's, that's on his part to like, he's owning that. That's generosity. fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Versus an entitlement or a, yeah, you owe right. me this. I know. Now. Which may be a culture thing too, George. Right. That's true. Like when well, you go to different cultures, it, it is a different, way of looking at all of this. Yeah. In Eastern cultures, there's a lot of like, well, I'm moving in with you when I'm older and you're going to take care of me. Yeah. And that's the expectation. Okay. So then the question is, are we getting it wrong as Americans? Oh, I think we're a very independent culture. We, oh, you know, we, fl- we pride ourselves on other cultures. Well, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I did this. And yeah, there is yeah. an individualness in, the in America, unit. which again, part of that is good. It's not a black or white thing. But also, do we miss, I don't know, any the level of, of, a, like of that a family connection? Is there like a, I don't know. I don't know. But there's also an interesting angle here. And I've talked about this like on news media hits and they want to know my stance on it. Okay. So like Guy Fieri says he's not leaving jack squat to his kids. Yes. And Marie Osmond says she's leaving zero inheritance okay. to her kids. Okay, what's your hot take, George? What do you think? I've always said I don't think it's that... I don't see it as a black and white issue of like, I think it's bad to give your, because I get what they're saying. They're saying, I don't want my kid to become entitled. Yes. I want them to work for it, have a work ethic, create their own wealth without yep. relying on mine. Yep. That makes sense. But to also draw this line where like, my kids will get nothing. I don't buy that. Yeah. I mean, Proverbs says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Yes. So there's a beauty in leaving something say, to your family. I will say, asterisk to that too. Yeah. It's also a spiritual inheritance. It's not just well. money. It's not just money. Yes. Yes. But there is something beautiful saying, hey, if you've built something great, it would be a natural instinct, I think, to say, yeah, I want you to take care of this and you guys grow it as well and help people and do, you know what I mean? Like it would be a, what I would want. Well, here's what's interesting. I was talking to some very successful people that were here at Ramsey. We had a really cool private event and these people have millions and millions of dollars. They were very successful, amazing people. And they're like, I want to see my family and kids use my money while I'm still alive. Versus oh, after I'm yes. dead. Yeah. I was like, that's a really cool thought. Yep. And so they were Instead like- Instead of like building up this massive You're like, going to get thing, in my will. And you're then when get I die, much. you get it all. Right. But I do think there's, there is a healthy level to raise our kids to be independent people. Yep. Regardless of what we do or don't do. Love that. So. And don't feel bad spending your nest egg and enjoying it in retirement. You know, yes. some people hoard so much that they just, they're like nickel and diming their way in, into that's the right. grave and they never get to enjoy it. Because that same group of people- which they're a great example on a lot of this topic. Yeah, so many of them I talk to, they they travel together. Like they're living the life in their 60s. You're like, I want to be them. And they're they're traveling everywhere. Yes. And one of them was like a World War II fanatic and he had all this memorabilia. And all. I'm like, good for you. Like, it's yeah. great. It's great. What so, are some things you want to do with your kids to like kind of spoil them later? Like, hey, are there things that you did with your family that you want to pass down like a tradition almost? Oh, um, I'd say travel. Just like, hey, we're going to pay for the trip. Come on, hang out. Yes. Mom and dad, not early on, but when we we hit high school, they started traveling and took us. So we did like Europe, like we did big trips. Was there like a tradition year of like, hey, when you turn 16, you get to, I think I've heard this. No, but I learned this two weeks ago that apparently they told my nephew, my oldest nephew, who's 10, William, 
Mom and dad started a new tradition that when the grandkids turn 11, they will take them on a trip. And my mom suggested Washington, (laughs) D.C. That's beautiful. For the 11-year-old, and I thought... Does he like history? Is he a big history I I don't know. He's in the fifth grade, (laughs) so maybe... I thought it was Sweet William. That's I don't cool. Know. Will William go to D.C. with Dave and Sharon? He might. He might. That's really cute. Why but 11? Is 11 a... I have no idea. Okay. I don't know. But I like I like that tradition of like, hey, whenever I the kid turns a certain age, we know, you go... We never had that okay. growing up. Did you? No. Yeah. But I think... I can't remember if it was our friend Ken Coleman or someone was like, this is something we do. Like, when you turn 16, you get to choose... You get to do it. You know thing. what it is? It's Jeremy Breland, our boss. Oh, he does that with his. He's got five kids, and so there's a tradition where, hey, you turn 16, you get to pick a trip. You get to pick the trip Dang. and where you go, and I love that. That's, That's fun. so fun. That's there fun. you go. So there's a lot of fun things all you right. can do with money and kids. Yes. That's all I'm saying for sure. For so sure. So what's the most important money principle you want to hand down to your kids? Any specifics? No, oh, gosh. Um, it's like choosing your favorite child. I know, right? Amelia. I mean, not to be like. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. We know it's. Charles. It's Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, I love Did you. Amelia and Caroline have a queen bed when they were babies? Yes, because my theory still stands <laughs> true. Yeah. Wow. They all had the same size beds. That's Which good. they That's will until they're 18. And then by what? By the way. Then they go to college and they get a dorm room Oh, bed. I thought they get to upgrade to king once they <laughs> turn 18. No, 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 no. They move out. Okay. Um, I would say there, there is, yeah, I think um, for me, it's less of a tactical principle it's more of a character principle so a level of contentment like there's something about that money gives you options and that's why we teach people hey have the freedom of money because it will allow you to do things that you couldn't do things like leave a job you hate or you know fill in the blank it gives you options but it is not the thing that's going to fix everything it doesn't it gives you the tools to be able to do things in life but it's not the end all be all and i feel like some people it is like so solo focused of just like, this is my thing. This is my thing. And it ends up empty, right? Yeah. I'm like, so um, there's a contentment piece regardless of where you are financially that I want my kids to have. I like that. I'm going to, I'll piggyback that and okay. say that I want to teach Mia and whoever else, whatever other kid we have, money is only good for the freedom and joy it can bring. Like, it's just this amoral thing. It's just a tool that you can use to bless others, to have an amazing life, and to build wealth for whoever's next. And I think once you realize that, it's very freeing. It just sort of takes all the pressure off, and you say, cool, I'll just set some goals in each of these areas, live on less than I make, yep. and I'll have a great life. Yep. And that's, the, that's what we wanted to do to set her up. That's why we got out of debt and wanted to get rid of our house payment. Because I wanted to raise a kid in a debt-free home. Yes, that's yes. A big, that was a big goal for yes, us. Yes, I think that's great. Because you meet people, and it's like, yeah, the contentment level of somebody, it's not the amount of money they have, right? Because you meet people that are very content, that are, you know, household income, 60000 They don't have debt. They're not stressed. They're, they're, hap- like they're happy, yeah. right? And then you meet people that, you know, we spent some time with those, that group of people that I'm thinking of. And they're worth, who knows, 30 million. And they're kind, wonderful people, right? Yes. So I'm like, it's not that. And then you meet people with that money and you're like, oh, you're gross and you're greedy. It just yes. feels gross, right? And then you meet people that make 60,000 too that are miserable and they're unhappy with their life. So the contentment piece, I think, yeah. I think is key. And I think all of our fears as parents is raising entitled kids who are jerks and brats, you know? I know. So that's, that's the big part. But and I money pray is woven that into our, that. Our example is everything, right? 
when you treat the janitor at the school, you treat the waiter or waitress at the table, the people around you, you are kind, you are respectful. Everyone has value. The the things we choose to do with our time and our money, like like there is a grounding there that you can do with your kids, right? And, yeah. and and show that example of who you are as a person and the gratitude. I I pray that's what you know shines through. I enjoyed this conversation, Rachel. It's a big one. Well, it's not something I can always say. But we're not boomers. We'll we are we'll, not we'll, boomers. We'll end with that, Chad. <laughs> Take that. All right. <laughs> a heavy episode George I'm going to drink it's almost the end of the episode I don't know if y'all were prepared for that but it is uh, and we I feel like we got real that was we, we really did, we, we showed you we, our hearts <laughs> so vulnerable so vulnerable so it's almost the end of the episode and we close out every episode with guilty, guilty as, as charged and this is where our producer Skylar gives us a new guilty as charged question every week Skylar, I'm regretting that we didn't bring you in more in the conversation. Yeah. I know about I feel like your you childhood. Had a lot to add. I feel like you could. No, have. I'm sorry. It's, it's all good. Okay, so your question today is: Did you ever make a mixtape or CD for your crush? Oh, oh, for the crush? No, I can say that confidently. Were they made for me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we did mix. No, ours were uh, mixed CDs. Uh, no, we did them for like ourselves or our friends. That's rude. How about you? Yeah, hundred percent for, for the girl. <laughs> that was like eighty percent of my strategy for the girl. I'm just like yeah. No, I would make mixtapes. Like I was a part of the the latter generation, like the, the boombox of the play record. Yes, yeah. I, I was I was the latter like, day of that too. Britney Spears would come on and Backstreet and Blink One Eighty Two, and yep. you would hit record at the right time. And you still hear the DJ coming in, like <laughs> you're listening to ninety two nine The River. This is Blink One Eighty Two, and I'm like. That, that's the mix 107.5 The River that was Nashville <laughs> but as I got older we started making like you get the CDRs like the huge packs yes. and you'd be burning them on iTunes and I get the songs from Can I t- Napster <laughs> oh my gosh you know yes and Kazaa and I would Kazaa? I would get mine. all the most like romantic songs I could think of on there <laughs> and I would do a little drawing on the CD and, and give it to you know not only did I make mixtape CDs I once got a song dedicated on the radio. Oh my God. On our station. It's kind of like our Delilah in Boston. It was called Magic 1067 with David <laughs> Allen Boucher. He was smooth as heck. When I heard him say this name, he was like, Fanny, this one goes out to you from George. This is Total Eclipse of the Heart. And I was like, I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh. You did Total Eclipse of the Heart? I like text her on my little brick phone. I was like, are you listening to Magic 106.7 right now? I did Total Eclipse of the Heart. It's one of my favorites. I know you it's love not a love it. song. Oh, it's a great song but now. Gosh, what a ballad. <laughs> what a great song. With the song. key change. What a great, I don't know what that means, but what a great That's song. That's true romance, gentlemen. <laughs> you get a song dedicated on the radio. Unbelievable. All right, George. <laughs> That's also the same girl I co-owned a bunny with. <laughs> Tells you how that relationship went. It's fine. She's doing great. She's doing great. We're I still did. Facebook friends. That's good. Okay. Okay, what would you rate this drink? I'm going to give the Oaxaca Old Fashioned a 10 out of 10. Wow. You didn't drink at all. Well, we were having such a deep conversation, it mm-hmm. felt rude. Um, Man, I'm going to go 8 out of 10. Okay. What is it for you? Are you not a mezcal? It's very smoky. Yes. 
So if you didn't know, there's like Blanco tequila, there's Anejo tequila, Reposado tequila. I don't know any of this. And there's okay. Mezcal, which is the smokiest yes. tequila money okay. can buy. Yeah. So you have to like a Mezcal. But I thought it was a very well-balanced drink. Yes. And, uh, I, and again, I, I do my ratings if I would order order it at a restaurant. Yes. So And I would. Okay. I'd pay at least $14 for this. Wow. But how luckily, much, it did not cost co- that much. What did it cost, George? You ready for this? Yeah. This is going to shock you. What's your guess? Uh, $2. $2.87 per okay. glass. But it has Reposado tequila, Mezcal, honey, and chocolate bitters. Chocolate, chocolate bitters? Chocolate bitters. So, wow. Very nice. I enjoyed it. So if you want to check it out, I highly recommend it. Check out the recipe in the show notes and give good. it a try. Yeah, just different. It's different. All right, it's closing time. So, you guys, if you've loved this episode, make sure to leave a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Make sure to subscribe because every Thursday there is a new episode of Smart Money Happy Hour. Hour.